Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We're heard nationally wherever fine podcasts are available and weekly on the radio at Charleston, South Carolina's 1250 WTMA Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock. We're right here at our home base in Charleston, South Carolina, a place where everybody wants to live. Robin, welcome to your show. Thank you. And let's get started with some important announcements between we, uh, before we bring in our yeah, first Yeah, so important. So lots of great opportunities coming up for parents and teachers of pre-K through fifth grade. So please follow me on Instagram, Robin underscore Berlinski. I have a really great opportunity coming up in March and April to be part of a really super cool pilot. And there's lots of great things coming up. So Robin underscore Berlinski on Instagram. I won't forget. All right, thank now you. let's bring our guest in, Sterling DeVries. Did I get that correct? You did. Oh, Hello. thank goodness. She is an educator, a mom, an arts in the classroom enthusiast, has been the director of education for the Charleston Gilliard Center for eight years. I love the Gilliard, by the way. And prior to that, a Charleston County School District teacher for 15 years. Sterling believes the arts are the key to meaningful learning experiences for students. I know you speak Robin's language, so now yes. I am all ears. Yeah, thank you so much for introducing my friend, Sterling DeVries. Sterling, we've known each other a while. Yes. Um, you were a teacher in one of our Charleston County Schools, Angel Oak Elementary. You made such a difference for your students. I met you through my nonprofit, Engaging Creative yep. Minds, and we just have so many um connections through a really cool thing I don't want us to forget to talk about, which is the professional development that we do oh, absolutely. with teachers. But just to pause for a minute and say, talk about your journey though. And what was the word enthusiastic? Is that the word about the arts? The piece I heard oh, when Ron art enthusiast? Yes. An classroom art. enthusiast. Arts in the classroom. Yes. Arts in the classroom enthusiast. That right there is the show energy in the classroom Woo-hoo. <laughs> so i want you to start with your journey from okay. being a classroom teacher to now where you are with this great organization at the gilliard to provide field trips and educational experiences for kids like so many things so start with where you started okay at angel Oak. i start well i actually started ac cochran i did not know yes. that my yes. sister-in-law that teaches was my there first school. i was there for seven years and I the only reason that. i left is because we moved to wadmala island i would have stayed there forever i had amazing kids amazing amazing admin, amazing colleagues. Um, But I would say, and I think most teachers can understand this, for my first two, three years, I was probably a pretty bad teacher. I was fresh out of college. And yes, you student teach, but there's nothing like being thrown in a classroom. Nothing like it. So that's when you truly learn what you're doing. That's right. And it was hard, but it was fun. I taught and I made a lot of copies. You remember those ditto machines where you put the ink oh in and you spin gosh. them out? Yep. Um, lots of textbooks. Wait, you and- don't seem old enough. Did you have a chalkboard yes, or a whiteboard? Absolutely See, had a chalkboard. I would never have thought that. I thought yeah. you would have started with the whiteboard. Well, I mean, now it's 23 years ago that yeah. I was okay. in the classroom well, you, there. You age well, year. my dear. Yes. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> you can find her picture on my Instagram <laughs> later, by the way. But um, okay, anyway, sorry. so I was like what I thought a teacher should be. And then I started my master's degree in arts and education. And it was like a light switch went on. I mean, it just, it, it was a lightning bolt, truly is what it was. Because I would go back to my classroom and I would start, pulling in all the things I was learning in my own coursework. And I realized that I had been doing it the wrong way for many years. And 
all of a sudden, everything in my classroom changed. We were using music. We were using dance. We were using theater. We were making musical instruments and we were doing all of it to enhance the curriculum we were already doing. That's right. Everything completely Change. It's like it was you, eye-opening. It's like you plugged in your classroom. The energy oh was always gosh. there. That but is you plugged in each of your yes. kids and yes. they just went. Whoa. Yes. And after that, it was like I'm on this bandwagon and I cannot tell enough people about it. I love that. Were you at the Citadel or the College of Charleston? No, Leslie University. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So yes. that was life changing. It, it really was. While it was you were while you were at AC Cochrane. Yes. Okay. And then I moved over to Angel Oak. Um after seven years at AC Cochran, I was at Angel Oak for eight years before I left there and I went to the Gilliard Center. Angel Oak is an amazing school. Shout out to all those owls on John's Island. Go owls. And Angel Oak, this is pre-arts enhanced school. Angel Oak was just a traditional school, not just, but it was a traditional school and continued to incorporate all of those wonderful pieces of storytelling and dance and everything that I could to do cross-curricular experiences, whatever I could do to enhance the life of my students through the arts. And it's life-changing for kids when you approach their classroom experience from a different perspective. It is. Because you're able to really get each learning style, cover them, make sure they're flourishing. It's just, it's, I couldn't imagine a better way to teach children. And what grades did you teach? Oh, I tried first through fifth grade. For, you did all of oh, them? Oh, I did all of them. Because you, you have to find grade? your niche in t- teaching. Yeah. But I, second grade was my jam. Second grade. I taught first and fifth. So yeah. I get it. And what's, to me, what's really, I think every teacher should teach like the uh, uh, like early year and then a later year. Because when you're there, you understand where they were. Yes. And then you understand where they're going. So whatever grade you're teaching, like when I taught first grade, I was like, oh, I know they need to know this in fifth grade. So I'm going to introduce it now. So they have this foundation when they get to fifth. Absolutely. And when I, you know, teach fifth grade, I think about, okay, they should have known this. They should have learned this back in first grade. So I'm going to teach it a different way now that I'm their fifth grade teacher. Every teacher should have that experience. Mm -hmm. But I did not know you taught them all. That's pretty fascinating. Yes, I did. And I actually can remember my very very first engaging creative mind experience. I know this is an offshoot of this podcast. But we, my principal came to me and he said, we have this new program. Michael Griggs. That I want you to try. This was back with Rodney Moore. Rodney Moore. Oh my gosh. Such would great people. your grade level be up for it? And of course, we were yes people. Of course. Of yes. Course. Let's try it. Arts, let's do it. Jump and then build your parachute, we like to say. And, but we were second grade. And we were not covered grade, but we still got to have it. I don't know if you guys were in We were third through years. fifth grade, yeah. yes. I don't know how we ended up having it, but the kids oh, ended so up making we made an accommodation for you. materials. And it was an amazing opportunity. And I felt very thankful that we could be kind of that model for the rest of our school, that this is a great program. See what our kids made. See what you can do, too. And I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get to meet you way back then. You did not. I don't know how we missed each other. But then, fast forward, we do meet because... Because I was not looking for a new job. This is the truth. And I came across the posting for the Charleston Gilliard Center looking for an education coordinator and I read the job description and it was during the summer and I was home and I called my husband and I was like, they're looking for me. Aww. Let me read this to you. They're looking for me. And he was like, what? You, you, you're you like 15, 10 years away from your retirement, blah, 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 blah. And I just knew it was what I was supposed to do. It it's was that moment. I was supposed to share the arts with everyone, not just within my own classroom and my own school. 
You knew that and would be impactful. Yeah. Yes. And that's I had that moment sense. and I've told it before, but I'm going to tell it again, Ron, you're going to hear it again. When I was at the children's museum, so I left the classroom, went to the children's museum to make a greater impact. I can work with hands-on integrated instruction at the children's museum. And then when I was at the children's museum, I heard about Engaging Creative Minds, this nonprofit that was coming or being developed here in Charleston that would impact kids throughout the state. So then I was like, ooh, I could leave the Children's Museum now and impact kids throughout the state. So I left and went there. So I get that feeling that everything you've done in your life so far has led you to this point where you're here and then you see another opportunity that leads you to another point and then you're there. Yes. So you jumped and you applied. I and I could not be happier. The Gilliard Center, when we were renovated and reopened, we used to be the Gilliard Municipal Auditorium, as many Charlestonians will, will I remember. I remember it We reopened well. in 2015, but what a lot of people don't know is that we reopened as a nonprofit. So our focus is community engagement. It is education-based. We're so mission-driven that we want to make sure that we are a classroom for the community and a place for the community to come and experience the arts. We want the doors to be open to everyone. And, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that because I want to make a point here that's really, really, really important. And in the past, when it was the Gilliard, what did you say? Municipal Auditorium. It felt like it wasn't for everyone. There were performances like the symphony and... I had heard as I was teaching out in some rural areas that, you know, they, we can go for a field trip, but we don't go as a family. Like there is, we, they didn't feel like they belonged. And by they, I mean, just various and random right. different kinds of demographics. Well, I think we still struggle with that but because you, we have this beautiful facade. I but mean, our building is it. gorgeous. You have really changed it by your outreach and yes. your accessibility yes. to those and saying, this is for all of us. And I think that nonprofit status did that for you. You changed the narrative. Have you changed the perception and the new Gilliard? It's even more beautiful, but it feels more welcoming. And that's a, so. that's a tight, that's tough to do, but you guys pulled it off. Well, we've also been serving students for eight years. And so I think about those first kids are now teenagers and they feel ownership of our space. They, they've been coming for many years and they want to keep coming back. By coming, you mean with their families or in field trips? or More so with field trips, I would say. Some with their families. We're still working on that aspect of our program. But with our field trips, I mean, we just reached our 100,000th student Congratulations. at the end of last season. What is really the most important piece of our performances? Well, there's multiple pieces. But the part that I love the most is that they're barrier-free. So I taught. I was an advocate for the arts. But I could never find the right field trips for my kids because we had a $5 limit for field trips, which means, as I'm sure many teachers out there are listening, I know I wrote a check out of my own checkbook many a times to make sure my kids could all go on a field trip. And in my 15 years of teaching, my kids got to go to a live theater performance one time, and that's because we, won, we were awarded a grant. The wow. Gilliard takes that completely away. If you want to bring your class, we will help you get there. So our tickets are $5. They're very accessible. But at the same time, if you're in a Title I school or you find your kids find that fee a barrier, we will give you free admission to our educational performances and we will even bus your kids in at no cost to you. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because transportation is often the barrier. The tickets Absolutely. aren't always the, the quote problem, but it's getting there. So that is really, really key. If any teachers out there are listening, think about that because the transportation can be covered. If you really want to get your kids there, you oh, should. Yes. 
Yes, and not only that, but we pick titles that are going to be meaningful. They're connected to the state standards, and we make sure that they're meaningful because we're cl- former classroom teachers. So we know you're not going to leave the classroom unless it's worth your time. Tell us about some of them. Well, this season alone, we have this amazing lineup. We have Jabari Dreams of Freedom, which is based on a young man who travels back into time and learns that he can be a voice for students. We have Acoustic Rooster and Indigo Bloom, which is a Kwame Alexander book and a Kennedy Center production. We have The Gruffalo, It's Okay to Be Different, Year of the Boar and Jackie Robinson. We just have these beautiful performances. They travel internationally. And we feel thankful that we have this gorgeous facility where we can put them on our stage and invite thousands of students to see these titles and experience the live performing arts. But even more importantly, connect it back to what they're learning in the classroom. So seeing the text that they're reading come alive on our stage, that's when you see their their eyes light up. It's just, I can't even describe what it feels like to be there when the house is filled with students. And what grades primarily? All grades. K through 12? Oh, yeah. We serve all grades. Absolutely. That's we try awesome. to break up our performances so that each um, age group gets their, their even amount of live performances. And it's not just text titles. We have partnerships with the Charleston Symphony Orchestra, with Dance Conservatory of Charleston, with Jazz or- Charleston Jazz Orchestra. So we just try to build a very robust season that gives students access to the arts. I love it. So how many challenges did you face? And by the way, speak more into the microphone because I want to hear this. This is very important. What challenges did you face uh, when you first took on this position and now perhaps you're light years away from where you started and what does the future hold? What other exciting programs are you bringing in? Challenges we faced in the beginning we had to gain the trust of our local educators. So our local educators had to know that what they were coming to see was going to be worth leaving their classroom for. Are their kids going to get something out of it? And then we do pre and post workshops for all of our performances to make sure they are connected back to what's going on in the classroom, plus to unpack the performance the kids just saw and kind of getting them to gain that trust to not only invite them into our classroom and give up their seat time, but then take a day out of their instruction and bring their kids to the hall for a performance. But I can say we've successfully been able to do that. And this year we opened up second morning. Second morning is where we have two days of the same performance. So we've been able to fill our house two days in a row, which has taken away from our wait list So we're able to provide these amazing performances for more schools, more teachers. And we're, I feel like it's just, we keep building momentum. And in that aspect, um, I feel like we have accomplished that challenge. Our next challenge is to provide as many ancillary activities that we can with our performances, with our main stage performances, and not only engage students in the classroom, but engage students outside of the classroom, bring in our families, expose kids to master classes, and just all of the wonderful opportunities that we have at the Gilliard Center. Is there a way for the community to get more involved with what you're doing? Yes. Help from the outside? Well, we have an amazing usher corps, and we have a lot of retired teachers. Explain what that means. So we have volunteers that come and and help us manage our facility during performances. And we have educational performances. Many of those ushers are retired educators. 
And that's kind of where they get their fill, where they get to see kids and be happy around kids. And um, we couldn't be more thankful because every single one of them are volunteers. So if you look back on your career thus far, and we're Mm -hmm. obviously just scratching the surface, moments of pride where you can allow yourself the opportunity to say, oh man, that was one of the great things we ever did. Oh, and I get so so much satisfaction out of that. I will say that I have many of those. So I'm going to speak about the one that is the most recent, and that was yesterday evening. So yesterday evening, we hosted a master class on stage in the Martha and John M. Performance Hall, which is the name of our hall at the Gilliard Center. And we had approximately 25 students from various schools of various levels, from various studios that were experiencing a master class with Desmond Richardson of Complexions his co-artistic director and one of the dancers from the dance company. And Desmond Richardson is is named one of the greatest dancers of all time coming out of Alvin Ailey and then co-creating Complexions. And he was on our stage working with our kids from Burke High School and School of the Arts and Meeting Street Academy and inspiring them to be dancers. And when you see things like that happen, when kids can look at someone and say, I can be you, I can do this. It's something that sticks with you forever. I mean, how can you tell me your level of fulfillment? I can tell just by looking at you at the studio. This is this is incredibly emotional for you, isn't it? Well, it is because it's our job to show students what they can be. And if we expose them and excite them, there's just there there's no limits. And the more that I can inspire a child, I feel like I have done what I should be doing in my life. We had a board member once who said, at ECM, we introduce kids to their futures. And in saying that, that. that's exactly what he was alluding to, Mm -hmm. is that kids see themselves in these artists who are of different cultures and from different demographics, and they think, "I, I can be that. There is... There is a space for me. Yes. I love it. I mean, every student should be so fortunate to have one of the two of you in a classroom. Right? But not they all, should. But not all <laughs> educators are like this. How do we make that a more popular destination for everybody? Well, I mean, this is a really long conversation. Yeah, that's, that's Because a, there um, is a lot of enthusiasm to be had. However, our educators are exhausted and overloaded and trying to do the very best that they can. And so... Robert and I are here to share our enthusiasm in the, in the hope that it's contagious and that we can bring a new positivity to their classroom and bring back that, that gusto so that they can inspire their students. So you said in the beginning, though, that there was that trust factor. You had to win all these educators yes. over. What are people saying to you now that's thank you. very satisfying? Thank you. We get thank you after thank you after thank you. Emails over and over again stopping me in the grocery store saying, thank you. If it wasn't for the Gilliard Center, my kids would not have been able to do this. If it wasn't for Miss Stephanie, who is my colleague at the Gilliard, my students would not have been exposed to this art form and connected it to that performance. I am overwhelmed by the amount of thank you that we get from our educators, just being there to support them. I love it. And so you you spoke, you asked about, you know, how do we infect teachers with mm-hmm. this joyful energy and um, talk about, Sterling, the great partnership we have, Engaging Creative Minds with the Gilliard Center to, to have these opportunities for teachers to experience professional learning. 
I would love to. So we created in partnership with Engaging Creative Minds, the Charleston Gilliard Center, Spoleto Festival USA, and the Charleston Symphony. We created an organization called Arts Charleston. And Arts Charleston stands for Arts Related Teaching Support. And what we do is we pair a teaching artist with a main stage performance. The goal of that is we invite our educators to come and experience a professional development with the teaching artist to get them excited about incorporating one genre of art into their classroom. But then we want to build the educator's excitement over art as well. So we treat that educator to an evening of the arts, whether it be a symphony performance, a performance at the Gilliard, or a Spoleto in performance. So we're enhancing what they do in the classroom, but we're also trying to enhance their own appreciation of the arts as well. It's a, it's a great program, Ron. And I just can teachers sign up? Teachers yes, who are listening? Yes, we have one coming up at the end of February. Well, let's tell them how to. And, and I work at Engra- Engaging Creative Minds, so I'm, I'm sharing that I have no idea <laughs> how they sign up, but I'm sure Susan. Gilliardcenter.org. Gilliardcenter.org to and sign yes, up. For Susan this. knows all about it. Susan knows everything. <laughs> if it weren't for Susan, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> So what what was your inspiration? I mean, are you from a family of educators? Yes, absolutely. My dad was an administrator and my mom was an early childhood educator. And was there somebody in the past, we ask this of everybody, that was really inspirational for you? And that's why you're sitting here right now. I have my teachers throughout elementary school that I was just in love with. But when I think about a teacher that, didn't make a difference. And then a teacher that did make a difference, I think about middle school because I had one math teacher who put me in the back of the classroom at the table with the kids that didn't quite get the content in the hopes that we would work really hard and make our way to the front table so we could sit with our friends. God, that sounds terrible. That was one year followed by the next year where I had a teacher who would stay after school with me and sit down and explain a math problem three or four times until I had my aha moment. And that's what makes a good teacher is someone that will just keep trying until their student is successful. That reminds me, Sterling, when um, I, my first day of class at the College of, College of Charleston, I always ask my students to tell me about their favorite teacher, and they say those kinds of things, and I always point out to them, did you notice not one person here said, it was the worksheets. It was, you know, <laughs> the way we stood in line with our hands, but not, you know, nope. we can't talk. It was always that they cared about me. Some teachers spent that extra time or did that one little thing that made me feel like they saw me. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's really all about. It's, that's again, exactly the energy, what it's about. The energy. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. It's such a specialty. And the kind of extra effort that it takes to be, you know, if I can say this about the two of you, educators at, at your level that give that extra time to their kids and obviously see that everything you're doing is molding and shaping these kids. And someday in the future, hopefully they will remember what you did for them and pass it along. I hope so. I, you know, I would disagree. I, it's not hard. That's the thing that it's, it's hard if it's not innate. Like to me, it's, and I've said well, before. I think that's exactly it. You like, have to be born. Kids way. don't know, care what you know till they know that you care. And it's like. <laughs> you have to be born this way, Robin. You can't fake it. You yeah. can't, you know. Sorry. No. You, know <laughs> you, can't, you can't fake you it. You can't have a poker, no. or, you know. They, they like, read you job. in a minute. And yeah. they know if you're genuine or not. I have a question, just a personal question. Did yeah. you grow up here in Charleston? No, I'm from Beaufort, South Carolina. Okay. Just south of Charleston. Still South Carolina. Yes. Did you ever come to the Gilliard on a field trip? Or is that too far? No, not that no. I recall. So you did not experience it. 
as a child. I went there as a child a few times, and I remember volunteering at Spoleto in that built in the old building. But I don't have big memories. No, my my memories are back at the USC Buford Auditorium. Could you take us on a virtual tour? Because I have not been throughout the entire uh, Gilliard Center mm-hmm. since it's become this incredible, massive. But what's available in there? What other oh my goodness. anterooms and places and, and options? That we have on? this absolutely gorgeous exhibition hall side. And in within that side, we have three ballrooms. We have a terrace. We have multiple spaces for meetings, events, gorgeous weddings, master classes, etc. Um, we have salons above the exhibition hall ballrooms that contain meeting space. And then on the other side, we have our absolutely grand performance hall, which is an 1,800-seat house, um, multi-levels from orchestra, box tier, dress circle to the gallery. And our um, facility was built as a gift to Charleston between a partnership. It was a city partnership between Mayor Riley and Martha Rivers Ingram. And it's a public-private partnership. She wanted her hometown of Charleston to have a beautiful venue to enjoy the arts in. So we could not be more lucky to have this venue, but even more importantly, make sure our community and our young people know that this venue was built for them to experience the arts. This is an unfair question, but uh, tell me about something a child said to you, uh, part of that thank you that maybe moved you to tears. You know, I'll tell you something I overheard in a classroom last week. We had an artist in residence working with students at Burke High School, and they are creating sweetgrass baskets, um, more in traditional or 3D sculpture. They had an option, and it it correlates to a partnership we're doing um, with Anson Street Burial Project and a, a, another piece of our program called Arts Literacy, where we help kids um, build their literacy skills through the arts. And... The teacher walked over to the table and said to the student, I'm so happy to see you doing this project. You have not participated in any art project since the semester started. And the student said, I didn't know I could be so good at something. And that, I have a thousand stories like that. All right, well, we have 60 seconds for me to (laughs) say our special guest has been Sterling DeVries. She's an educator, mom, and arts in the classroom enthusiast has been the Director of Education for the Charleston Gilliard Center for eight years. I think this is an amazing story. Where can people go for more information? Gilliardcenter.org, please. All right, well, you've been listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. We invite your questions and comments when you visit our official website at thelearningring.com. Robin, great job. Thank you. Sterling, what a great guest. We'd love to have you you back, I'm sure. And we will see you next time from right here at Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski.